Toyota genuine accessories designed to integrate with your Toyota. This is Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Oh, yes, good morning to you. Saturday, best day of the week. Let's just get into it right away. Stuff about soccer for 10 years now. I love it. What a game that was. Good morning to you all. I was here with my good friend Bryce Gibbs. Bryce, how was that game, mate? Here they are. They're all jumping on board, <laughs> aren't they? Oh, all these uh, soccer fans, football fans, they should be called, but they're all getting on board now. Yeah, it's, it reminds me of the Olympics when uh, Peter Bowl was doing his run and the entire country gets behind him. You know that feeling where it's, it's sort of – I'm feeling patriotic, not not in a freedom march kind of way, but just very much behind the country. And it's just that stinky die Aussie spirit. They're up against Argentina tomorrow, and uh, I'm excited, mate. It's very uh, Stephen Bradbury-like, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Not expected to be here, yeah. but here we are. And I, I'm optimistic. Me too. I reckon we it's can do before. it. I reckon we can do it. Slim chance, but it's happened before. Hey, we are here for our good friends at Toyota. Toyota Genuine Accessories, engineered for optimum performance, working with the vehicle as an integrated system. Coming to you from Studio Lumo SA at number one King William Street. We've got a big show up ahead for you, Bryce Gibbs. Uh, now, firstly, let's get this out of the way. I you are dusty as hell. We need to address this. <laughs> what happened? Just please explain to our good friends this is where the- you have been, because I saw some footage of you. At Electric Circus at two AM last night. This is not. This is not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Whose fault is it? It's it's SEN's. Yeah, of course. Who puts a Christmas show yeah. on a Friday afternoon? No, no one with any smarts. That was got to say an amazing show though. Good to meet everyone. It, it was it was great. Don't get me wrong, and I took full advantage of it. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> you were going so well that because I ter- I was sensible I turned up for an hour knowing that you were going to be having a good time and it was so good to meet everyone as well particularly Morgan you know who I've been calling um Daphne or something for six months or so so good to get people's names right for once and uh meet everyone but when I arrived you were in such a flow state you were it was full alpha football energies and you scooped me up in your arms like I was a little baby and uh, it was like you were trying to nurse me and uh, cradle me and love me. And, I, was trying uh, to, I think I was trying to brush your hair at, at, at one stage. Oh, yeah. The, well, the most awkward moment of the night is um, <laughs> producer Ben's laughing his ass off. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce questioned whether I'm holding on to my hairline and if I'm, <laughs> if I'm growing it uh, too long. To, to grip onto the past. So of course, I'm not going bald. None of my family's ever gone bald, so that's not going to happen. But he pressed my head back, and I was positioned really awkwardly in the booth, and he's holding my hair back, and, um, and the lovely Morgan took a photo of that. So we might get that up online. But big night, mate. Uh, yeah, look, and, and I knew I had, um, obviously, commitments this morning to Saturdays in SA. It's been, uh, been a show which we've loved all year. <laughs> And I, I'm not going to lie. I woke up this morning and I was like, ooh, I might have slept through my alarm here. Again, well, I didn't. I'm here. We're going to make this work. Yeah, uh, 10 out and, of 10. And I'm really looking forward to the show. Well, the simple fact that you transported your body here is an accomplishment, mate. So I'm, I'm stoked to have you with me. We've got a massive show up ahead, of course, 
you, Bryce, are going to give us the World Cup rundown along with our wonderful producer, Benny, who's been all across the World Cup all night long. He hasn't slept. Uh, he looks a little bit like a disaster as well, I must say. So we're going to cover the World Cup. Port Adelaide fans, now this is big. We've got your recruiting manager, Jeff Parker, coming onto the show for a detailed look at your new draftees. He's going to run his role over them in depth and it's a reason to get excited. Have you had a look at them, Bryce? I certainly have, and I, I predicted a couple of them too. Really? During the you week. should do a phantom draft yeah. next year. Well, I, I get a bit of an insult. People don't realise I work at South Adelaide and in junior no, football. I didn't know that. And <laughs> I, I speak to recruiters yeah. every week. So I, uh, had, a, I had a bit of a, an idea that Kyle Marshall was a, a smoky to get picked up, and I reckon uh, Port Adelaide fans should get excited for this, for this kid. Very raw mm. talent, but I think... What they can work with in the next couple of years, he could he, he could turn into a very good player. So, what sort of player is Kyle Marshall? So he's just under two hundred centimeters, and he's a yeah. he's a he's actually a running dashing defender. Believe it or not. See, that's the the prototype of footballers now compared to even ten fifteen years ago. Is you're getting two hundred centimeter wingers and and runners, guys who run like a Giselle, and that's the difference with the modern game, I guess. And he's one of those kids that just needs – he needs to be in an, an AFL environment to be in the gym mm. four times a week. And, like, he's he's skinny. There's not much of him. Uh, and that's probably a reason why he runs so well because he's, yeah. he's uh, weighs 50 kilos uh, sopping <laughs> wet. But um, I think he's a bit of a project play for Port. And Port, we know, went to the draft not having a lot yeah. in their in their hand. Obviously, um, they, they went all in on uh, – Jason on Francis and, and Willie Rioli as well. So they, they drafted late in this year's draft and rookie draft to uh, for their they picked for what they needed. Yeah. And we'll we'll talk to Jeff uh, a little bit later and we'll we'll ask him why they did what they did. But they, they they've picked players that in the next three to five years, these players could be yeah, replacements for your Dixons. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, they're doing some very nice things at Port Adelaide. There's a glut of kids uh, who they've dri- they've they've not missed many first rounds over the years. So there's a giant collection of kids. You know, of course, there's the Butters, the Rosie, the Georgiatis, and they're all got. They're not going to bottom out like a lot of other sides. They're they're just going to keep on rolling. So I'm loving what Port are doing. Jeff Parker coming up just around nine ten. Now Crows fans, we haven't forgotten you. The guru, the man who can pick a diamond in the rough, Hamish Ogilvy Haggis, is going to join us just after 10 o'clock and run his rule over your draft hall. It's going to be fascinating. I love it when Haggis speaks about draftees. I'll give you an example. Last year, when Adelaide picked Jake Saligo, we're all like, who is this kid? Have they picked a bloody roughie? have no idea who he is. And the way he articulated what Jake Saligo can do within his ball take and his agility, and then have a look at what happened this year. You know, he goes from a no one to, I'd say, possibly a winger for the next 10 years for Adelaide. So that's exciting to hear what Haggis might say. Well, I'm looking forward to this interview because uh, I know (laughs) Haggis well. And yes, we'll we'll find out about these kids and and Mm. what they think (laughs) their potential is. But he's going to give us a bit of insight because we had a couple of – the, the draftees uh, SA talent in studio during the week on uh, mm. on breakfast radio and they spoke about some of the weird questions that uh, recruiters would ask them about 
an example. Uh, if you have a, a super a superpower, what would it be and why? Bizarre. Who would you pick? Your mum or your dad? Weird, weird questions that you and I. I'm going to put it to Haggis. I'm going to say, yeah. Are you one of these clubs that throws throws a question randomly to see what they're going to answer and why do you do it? And he's going to he's going to tell a couple of funny stories. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. And it's fascinating as well with those psych tests. I, I've got to say, I did a psych test uh, for a, a job I went through this year and. Got the gig is in um, in the media, and they do these psych tests on everyone who goes there. And I found it fascinating. They're asking random questions about which certain friends I might look after in a dangerous situation, or if I'm on a long car trip, would I prefer to listen to music or read a book or look out the window? And it makes you wonder, like, what does this mean? Am I a psychopath if I choose to listen to a CD, or? Am I a killer if I read a book? I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm going through one of those uh, tests right now. <laughs> uh, Bryce Gibbs uh, feels like he's in a dream right now, and uh, so do I because you've arrived, which is fantastic. Also, on the show, the Aussies are playing backyard cricket with the West Indies at the moment, just bloody dominating them. Barat Sundarayson, SEN's own star, is going to run his rule over that game. And also how the summer looks ahead for cricket because – Our thongs are on. It's that 10-week block where we start to actually give a crap about cricket in Australia uh, after some very, very low crowd numbers in November. So it'll be good to see what he thinks of the summer ahead and particularly the Adelaide test with the pink ball. Also, Bryce, this is where you come into your own, particularly after last night's antics. We're talking about the biggest summertime scandals. And I think you've just clocked one. Well, (laughs) isn't it ironic uh, to quote the least, that uh, we, <laughs> we, we we went on the Popeye yesterday, Tommy. Yeah. We went on the Popeye and we're talking about summertime scandals and I'm going to talk about the uh, the infamous Carlton Booze Cruise. Fantastic. Ironically, I was at a party last night <laughs> on the Popeye. <laughs> on your own, very own SEN Booze Cruise. And I'm not feeling that well this morning. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this because I, I never heard about the Carlton Booze Cruise. I know about the big ones, you know, Fev riding a moped in Brizzy and then popping into rehab. And, of course, that story's panned out quite well for him. I, um, I'm i loving what he's doing in the media right now. And the, uh, there's the obvious ones like the Ben Cousins, but also the weird ones like the Bulldogs turning up in Hong Kong. What are you doing over there for a pre-season trip? Our very own Adam Cooney, I think, was yeah. uh, on an esky lead uh, flying down one of the main streets, <laughs> Crazy. One of the main streets in Hong Kong. Well, I looked at the footage and I think he was just rolling around on a bonnet, like just <laughs> rolling around back and forth on a car bonnet. So the, it'll be interesting to dive in. And we're doing that because we want to give all the AFL players a, a nice heads up before summer. They're about to break off to Christmas. So you need to be very careful going into the break. We don't want to see any of those. You know when you see club statement, particularly from the Adelaide Crows. It's not, it's not good news when you see them tweet and all there is is a picture and it says club statement, Bryce. It's not a good look, is it? Well, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm shocked that SEN haven't put out a, a statement <laughs> saying... Uh, a company statement. <laughs> company statement. That, <laughs> Disowning uh, yeah. you. But uh, no, nah, we're here. We're going to, we're, as you said, we've got a packed show and I'm looking forward to getting into it. Massive show up ahead. Up next, Bryce, you and producer Benny are going to give us the latest on the World Cup and what Australia's chances are against Argentina. We're live and interactive here. So 0427-154-166, please reach out with your Saturday statement. So that is whatever is front of mind for you 
today. It could be related to the cricket. You could be just pretty jovial about the Socceroos, just getting to where they are. Whatever's on your mind, hit us up. And uh, we've got a one from here from Trent. It says, boys, you actually sound all right. Can we hear another song about Bryce's shortfalls? Well. Hang on. I think we, uh, we will have to work on a song for next week, uh, capturing all of this debacle with you, Bryce. We will work on that, Trent. We're here for Toyota. Toyota Genuine Accessories, engineered for optimum performance, working with the vehicle as an integrated system. Nice day up ahead. Good morning. Toyota Genuine Accessories, engineered for optimum performance. This is Saturdays in SA. With Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. <laughs> Good morning to you all. Welcome along to your Saturday. Best day of the week. Nice day up ahead. We are here, of course, for Toyota, Toyota Genuine Accessories, engineered for optimum performance, working with the vehicle as an integrated system. Tom Lyon, Bryce Gibbs with you today. And good golly, Miss Molly. This was fantastic. <laughs> We love it. How good for the Australians, Bryce. How excited were you the other night? It's the best. And I nearly asked Calvin Harris to play that song last <laughs> night. How, that's how excited I am at the moment. And we have made it through to the round of 16, Tommy. I know you've got no idea what that means, but uh, our Socceroos, for the second time in our nation's history, we are going to the round of 16. And, and I'm very optimistic. Not many okay. people. Not, not many people have tuned in so far. I, I was one that did. See, I thought we could make it happen. This is when I clock on, is when when we reach through to the top, I become very interested. Also, it's a fantastic excuse to play Ricky Martin. God, he was the biggest sex symbol of the late 90s. He uh, came out with this one as well. Do you remember this, Bryce? She bangs, she bangs, bangs. She moves, she moves. So I, I just want you to finish this lyric for me, Reading. He's going to start singing and Bryce Gibbs is going to finish it off in his uh, state that he's in. Here we go. I'm just a link in your daisy chain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what a way to get us started. As we welcome our good producer, Benny Palmer has been sleepless, uh, awake. I don't know what sort of things you're taking, Ben, to maintain this uh, energy to cover the World Cup for SEN. He's doing a fantastic job, mate. You were watching the games last night. What can you tell us? Well, thank you for the intro, Tommy. Um, <laughs> I do appreciate that. It's been, what, two weeks now of waking up at 9, 7 o'clock at night and going to bed Jesus at about Christ. 10, 11 in the morning. So I've completely yeah. flipped my um, body clock to Qatari time, but... You know, that's what you do for the love of the game. Some people, you know, I'm quite passionate, so for me it's quite easy, but um, yeah. I've, and I've got to say, Benny, I've known Ben since we were uh, a lot younger, and Benny has been a soccer nuff for the entire time I've known him. So right now he's living his dream, aren't you, Ben? Oh, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so let's just get this straight. Yep, go. You, you're virtually sleeping all day, and you have been living like an owl all night. And exactly. just watching... The world game, reporting on it, it's it's unbelievable. It's amazing. And to put into perspective, I was out doing a quick lap just a, a couple of days ago while I was trying to get some fresh air, as you do. Um, mm. And it was 5 a.m. And I'm looking to the east of the city going, 
Why Who is, am I? Why is the sun setting <laughs> in the east? It sets in the west. Because my body clock is so flipped, I thought that the sun was setting in the east, even though it was rising at yeah, 6 o'clock I, in the I morning. I kind of feeling Bryce was having a similar <laughs> feeling this morning as he uh, gargled out of bed. So, Benny, what happened last night? Who, who got through? Cameroon uh, 1-0 over Brazil? Yeah, Cameroon 1-0 over Brazil. Um, Still not the result they needed. They needed a result from um, uh, the other game, that uh, l- the last game, which was Serbia and Switzerland. Unfortunately, mm. uh, Switzerland came from behind. They took the lead, fell behind, and took the lead again. So they're, um, they've progressed to second in the group. Uh, for Portugal, it was a bit of a, a null game. They, uh, they rested about half the team. And South Korea, in the 92nd minute, killed the hearts of Uruguayans around the world, including <laughs> Luis Suarez, who was in right. tears on the bench. I'd actually panned to him on the bench in about the um, 93rd minute over there in tears because he'd realised that they'd scored and they were going through. Mm. And if you um, rewatch the game, South Korea were in the middle of the, uh, the pitch in the centre circle. There was only the South Korean fans left in the stadium. They had, they had a phone in the middle of the ground and they were all watching it, waiting for the full-time whistle between Uruguay, uh, yeah, Uruguay and Cam- Cameroon. Uh, sorry, uh, Uruguay and Ghana mm. um, to see once that result had finished, if they'd scored another goal, uh, Uruguay were through and South Korea were out. Um, but Dang. it didn't happen. Okay, so I'm noticing a little bit of that little notes being passed around and people uh, get it, getting updated during the game on, on results of other games. Is, is that a real thing that's happening? They're filling them in as the game goes on, for like per, for, for example, the Socceroos? In terms of finding out the opposition. Yeah, which so ha- well, where it all stands. That's very uncommon. So Denmark, I don't know if anyone's seen this that's yeah. listening, but uh, last night when the soccer is won, Mitchell Duke actually ran to the centre circle and picked up a piece of paper yeah. that had been handed on by uh, one of the uh, Denmark substitutes. I don't know why you wouldn't eat it, put it in your pocket, give it to someone on the sideline. But so they've dropped, They've dropped it in the middle. He's grabbed it run to the side of the pitch, given it to Graham Arnold. He's given it to his assistants. They've analysed it and they've come up with a plan. And then two minutes later, they made the substitutes to um, counteract it. Like, I'm not just Is sure. that allowed? Well, yeah. You, I mean, they've left the paper on the floor. You can't do anything about it. It'd be like you walking past a $10 note going, I can't pick that up because somebody else dropped it. Mm. But like, what do you mean they've written a note? Like, surely you just say, Tom or Ben, you, Ben, you're playing centre forward. You need to go to centre back. Like, Surely yeah. it just takes. Well, it was. It, that's not all, a spy that, it was, it that, was, That's all you need to <laughs> relay the message or not. It was write, an, write it down on a note and send it out to to Chris and Erickson, who could have just probably walked over to the boundary and been told that himself. Like. He could have, totally. but obviously it was an urgent matter. And Christian Eriksen is actually the captain of Denmark. So he was the one who probably had to bark the orders, get the structure correct. And he's the most experienced one on the pitch. And mm. he was the one that ended up with a note last in his hand. Yes. So he's probably the one that <laughs> threw it on the floor. I don't get how you can even forget. I would be holding onto that like it's gold. I would never let that go. See, uh, when we're getting red cards and yellow cards for taking your top off, I would have thought handing around secretive notes during a game would be a punishable offence. True. Well, that was kind of funny this morning. The, uh, cat, <laughs> just for those that didn't know, Abubakar from Cameroon scored the uh, winning goal in the about the 83rd minute. And as he goes to celebrate, he's ecstatic, over the moon, can't believe he scored against Brazil in a World Cup, might have sent Cameroon through to the next phase, mm. takes his top, top off, waves it around, celebrates, goes to the corner flag, turns around, ref gives him a second yellow. As he goes to give him his red card, he high fives him. Fantastic scenes. Brazil obviously didn't field their best team, but that's a fantastic win for Cameroon as they just bounce out of proceedings. Bryce, this interests me. The big one, Argentina v Australia tomorrow morning. We have got 
next to zero chance, but <laughs> it's happened before. The underdogs have gotten up in the past. Well, it is. And I'm going to give you a couple of points here that it'll give us some hope, right? We're up against it. We, we know that. Um, but not many people expected us to win a game, let alone qualify Two. for the round of 16. Yeah. So, again, we've done amazingly already in this in this World Cup and it's uh it's a it's hats off to to everyone involved because yeah mm. no one expected us to do anything so uh Saudi Arabia they've yes. already not they've already knocked off Argentina at full flight so that gives us some hope we we beat Saudi right. Arabia less than 12 months ago and a, where, where a, does Saudi a, Arabia rank in the whole scheme of things are no, they're horrible Okay. <laughs> like, like just, just like us. We're, okay. we're not very good in, well, in terms of a, a whole world game yeah, yeah. sort of setup. Rankings. So, right. So, so they've already done it and they've proven that it can be done. We can do this. And to, and to put it into perspective as well, this is the World Cup of upsets. I mean, we've got Belgium, the world number two, Denmark, 10th in the world to finish bottom of our group below Tunisia, France, and Australia. We've mm. got Germany, 11th, that were knocked out, Mexico, 13th, Uruguay, 14th, and Wales, 19th, not to mention Spain were on the brink of exiting as well, and they're in the top 10. So this is the uh, World Cup of upsets. So it could happen. And Argentina have looked a bit flimsy at times, mm. but there is proof to show that they're actually getting defensively and structurally better. But there's still a chance for sure. And I've gone and done my homework to okay. find out some stats that we can live, we can try we and can we, grapple we, we can give hope, right? Okay. And, and I've only found one. I've found one. Right? <laughs> okay, hit me with it. Right. Lionel Messi, in all of the World Cups he's played, he has never, ever scored in the round of 16. Wow. Okay. So if history repeats itself, he's probably going to kick. He's probably going to have zero influence. He'll get a hat trick. Okay, (laughs) so Argentina dollar sixteen, Australian uh, Australia sorry, a fourteen dollars for this one. But Bryce Gibbs. So you're telling me there's a chance? Yes, Yes! I am. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a bit of Dumb and Dumber there. That was a a throwback. Okay, I'm excited. Um, Where are you going to be watching it tomorrow morning, Gibber? Uh, the the way I'm feeling right now, I'm uh, I'll probably be home in bed. <laughs> but, um, what, but what about the scenes we saw in in Melbourne at Fed Square oh, with oh, incredible with, with thousands of people going nuts at four a.m. Flares going off. Yep. I dare say the whole nation will be will be, be rocking. Going we'll nuts. You we'll know, it's a big celebration tomorrow. when you can't. I couldn't tell if it was a war. <laughs> or so I thought I was looking at the protests in Iran. <laughs> there, there, there was not one, one arrest made on uh, on Incredible. that night. Incredible, no, and the amazing. flares going off. Chaos. Uh, look a little closer. No, it's just Federation Square. Benny, wh- where are you going to watch it? Well, I'll be here watching it, of course. Of course, yeah. A uh, little shameless <laughs> plug, of course, uh, on SEN tomorrow morning from around four thirty a.m. all the way through to ten a.m. So. Win or lose, we've got two hours of callback on the back of the back of it. So we've got Archie Thompson, Jordan Canellis on, and we'll be crossing to uh, Jared Walsh, who's the MC for Socceroos matches at the World Cup. Fantastic, SEN doing fantastic coverage of the World Cup. I'll certainly be tuning on, a, tuning in on SEN and simultaneously watching it on the TV, so I can get the good commentary um, from SEN. Toyota, genuine accessories engineered for optimum performance, working with the vehicle as an integrated system. Up next, we've got Port Adelaide recruiting boss, Jeff Parker, who's going to fill us in on all the draftees. You don't want to miss it. Also, later on, Hamish Ogilvie from the Crows is going to tell us all about their guys as well. Good morning. Toyota, genuine accessories engineered for optimum performance.
This is Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Morning to y'all. Welcome along to Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs, Tom Lyons. So good to be with you. Uh, all here thanks to Toyota. Toyota Genuine Accessories engineered for optimum performance, working with the vehicle as an integrated system. Now, we're just getting hold of Port Adelaide's Jeff Parker to get their rundown on recruiting. But in the meantime, Bryce, I want to run you through a uh, top three that's happened this week because there's been a lot going on. Now, your mate Daisy Thomas, he proposed? He did. How, did you flick him a text? I, Wish him well. I was actually one of the lucky ones that uh, he sought some advice from me uh, <laughs> before making this decision. Uh, and he was pretty nervous, but yeah. he, he's, he's done very well. Um, he's proposed. He, he looked like he, and, and he, he looked like a man that was, was nervous to do it too. I've, I've seen, really? the, I've seen the raw footage and uh, seen the raw photographer, he organized the photographer to go up and, yeah. and, uh, and do, I think it was actually one of the, uh, the AFL accredited photographers who who he'd uh, had a good relationship over over the journey with but um yeah he's um he's pulled the trigger and he's well, done congratulations to daisy thomas on that one how did, how did you meet your wife bryce uh we met <laughs> at uh <laughs> at the grand hotel down at glenelg classy uh yeah it was uh it was in the off season of my I'd been I drafted to Carlton, come back in the off season, and uh, as you do on a Sunday night, uh, twenty years ago, the uh, the Grand Bar used to be uh, used to be pumping. So mm. I actually met her on the dance floor there. And sorry, what year? It would have been end of two thousand and seven. Wow! So and you it, guys and th- and this this was my pickup line to her. Oh God! I had a corny pickup line. I walked up to her. Lauren, my wife, and said, my now wife, I said, you have won the Norm Smith. <laughs> uh, far out. <laughs> and she looked at me and she was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Did said, she know won, who you were? I, I said, you've won the Norm Smith. She's like, what does that mean? I was like, you are best on ground. <laughs> Did uh, she recognize you? She had no idea who I was. That's what you no, won. No idea who I was. And that's... Uh, that's such a romantic start to things for you. I met my wife, Jessica. We were at the, you remember the big day out festivals? Yes. Having an amazing time. Her band was performing at the big day out and I knew who she was because I'd seen her on TV and and had developed a bit of a weird TV crush to begin with. And uh, we had some friends who were integrating and, and meshing backstage. So I was loitering backstage and waited for her band, they were called Gemini Downs, to finish their performance. And uh, when she came off, we started hanging out and the rest is history. Went on a date. You just wanted to know the weather for tomorrow. Well, that's my, obviously one of the, the major perks <laughs> of the relationship is I can ask for the weather at any given time. How's the surf looking? Uh, and Jessica will fill me in, except now that she's clocked onto holidays, she completely ignores it. So um, we got to work on that aspect of things. How, how often does she get it right? Because I, I tend to look at the weather on the app daily mm. and not often do they get it right. How, what's her strike rate that she, she, she knows what's coming and how often does she get it right? 
Of course, I'm biased, but Jess's strike rate would be 9 out of 10. Oh. She is a weather nerd. Jessica Braithwaite looking into all the systems and uh, the, the uh, you know, the cloud movements. She's uh, a science boffin. She loves to research it. And it is fascinating when you think about it. One, one thing I've seen her do is improvise on the weather for 15 minutes straight uh, on live television without an auto cue. That impressed me a lot. Also seen her have a, have a meltdown because she's laughing too hard. <laughs> I've also seen her have a public meltdown on uh, Sky TV, laughing her head off. Uh, look, inter- we're live and interactive, 0427 154 Your Saturday statements uh, from Jeff right here. What has happened to the once all-conquering West Indians? They used to be must-watch. What What is going on with their development over there? Cricket needs a strong windies and this is not it. Good comment. Gibby, you've been following the cricket? Well, no. (laughs) Like like every other Australian seems to be at the moment. Uh, We've obviously had the World Cup and we we spoke at length about the uh, the attendance to games and it's just been so underwhelming. Like uh, like T20, that's flowed onto the the ODIs. And now in the test match, they had, I know, I get it. It was on a Wednesday Mm. afternoon. Uh, in Perth, but the, I think they've only got like 10,000 to day one of the test. Day one, 10,000. Day two, 8,000. Day three, something around 9,000. Now, by comparison to the numbers in the early 2000s, they are just light years apart. So there, there's definitely something going on there. And uh, Barat Sundarason, who we're going to be talking to later, has a theory that Australians only really clock onto cricket once we're wearing thongs. That's right about now, but the Wednesday scheduling, that didn't help it, the middle of the day Wednesday. And, and of course, the West Indies, you know, they've got some good young players, but they're not the uh, the Kirtley Ambrose and the, the Carl Hoopers of yesteryear. Do we, And this is a question without notice. Do we need to go to like a, um, like a, a ranking system where like there's a pool? So mm. the top four or five nations in the in the rankings in test cricket mm. only play each other and you can actually drop out yeah, right. on how you're going so that the, the best nations play against each other yeah. regularly. And if you, you progress up into that category, fantastic. But I just feel we're playing against the West Indies and they're, they're obviously in a development phase in yeah. what they're doing in their nations with cricket. And it's, but it's just, not working it, right it, now. It is not helping anyone. Yeah, I've got, to, I've got to agree with you there, Jeff. A strong West Indies helps everybody, and that could be a good idea, Bryce. Hey, we're interactive, 0427 154 166. Get involved. Also, 1300 736 736. Give us a call if you want to chime in on anything, the Socceroos or your Saturday statement. We're also talking later in the show, Bryce, summertime scandals. So if you want us to add one to the board, let us know a summertime scandal that's uh, for forefront of your memory. We're doing this all for Toyota. Toyota, genuine accessories engineered for optimum performance, working with the vehicle as an integrated system. Bryce, I'm excited because up next, we're talking to Jeff Parker, Port Adelaide fans. Get around it. He's going to fill you in on all your new draftees. Good morning. Good morning to you. Very nice day up ahead weather-wise. Tom Lyon, Bryce Gibbs with you this morning. Saturday's in SA. Best day of the week, Bryce. Uh, we're here, of course, for our friends at Toyota. Toyota, genuine accessories, engineered for optimum performance, working with the vehicle as an integrated system. Well, Gibber, 
Port Adelaide have had quite the off-season. Uh, when last year's number one pick, Jason Horn francis requests a trade into your club, that's a pretty good start, isn't it? They certainly have done well and they've surprised a lot. And they didn't have uh, a huge hand at this year's draft, obviously mm. giving up a lot of picks to get Jason in. But uh, we're going to speak to the man behind, say, uh, behind the scenes, uh, Jeff Parker, and he's going <coughs> to tell us about... Uh, these kids that they have picked up. Yeah, he is leading the way for Port Adelaide, uh, improvising with some lower picks there. Jeff, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much, Jeff. Now, I love this one first up because Tom Scully was rated in uh, uh, quite high up in a lot of the Phantom Drafts earlier this year, and he slipped to you guys at pick number 53. Um, <clears throat> how, how do you feel about, about that one, mate? I oh, know we were really you know, very excited. I mean, Tom obviously had a, a really strong start to, to the season and was averaging a lot of goals per game for West Adelaide. I mean, he, it's probably a bit unrealistic to think he can keep that up for a whole season, but he, he sort of dropped a little bit towards the end and then he then he, he sort of kicked again towards the end. So we were really excited to bring Tom in. Um, part of our strategy of the draft was to, to find some, some taller players and uh, Tom certainly fits that at 204 centimetres. Absolutely. And, and so... What's your, you know, your overall feeling from the whole night? You've got uh, Tom McCullum from Tassie, who looks an absolute uh, jet. Um, you know, it's not your usual Port Adelaide draft where you've got got those early picks. How, how do you guys reflect on it? Yeah, you no, know, it's a little bit different for us this year. Obviously, sitting there on the first night just watching and um, you know, ticking ticking names off as they go. <clears throat> yeah, in previous years, we've had some, you know, multiple first round picks. I think we've got seven. I think we've picked seven of our own, and then obviously Jason makes it eight first-round picks in the last few years, so we've sort of done that. So this year was a little bit different, and we come in at 30, I think we went out to 36 for, for Tom McCallum, our first pick. Yeah, it, was, um, it was a strategy where we thought you sort of push away a few players thinking, well, they're definitely not going to get to your pick, and then you sort of try and work through who you think will and, and how they would fit into your, your, your structure and your team and what you're trying to achieve. I love how you've claimed uh, you've picked Jason uh, the year before. but uh, <laughs> um, Well, it is what it is. I'm not saying that, but if that had done my pick last year, I would have picked him. So. Exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's you've done pretty well. Like, obviously, you, you didn't have a lot to work with, but you, you've seemed to go on a, on a needs basis. So you've gone for the tall forward, a couple of tall uh, <laughs> defenders who, who have got a lot of upside, a lot of raw talent there, but you've gone for a needs basis. So obviously, Tom Jonas is towards the back end of his career, Charlie Dixon as well. So you're sort of you're planning for the future a little bit in this draft? Yeah, I think so. I mean, through the trade period, we had bringing Jason and Junior, Junior in sort of as a bit of an impact now. They'll, they should have an impact at senior level straight away, whereas the three boys we picked uh, during the week, now they're obviously long and lean and skinny and need to put a bit of meat on the bone and, and do a bit of work. So you sort of you gotta you gotta have a succession plan in place. You don't wanna be sort of caught short and have holes, big holes in your list. So hopefully they can develop some good mentoring from our, our coaching group plus our senior players and when the time comes they're ready to step up. And tell us a little bit about Kyle Marshall. Like I, I'm a little bit biased. I, I've worked with him for the last 12 months and, and seen his development as a player, but it was a bit of a shock. Not many people uh, had him uh, to be drafted, let alone get picked up with, uh, with your last pick. Uh, what, what are the upsides with him and, and what can you expect from him in the next couple of years? Oh, yeah, once it, Kyle is very, very... I've, I actually forgot how skinny he was. I saw him at training yesterday. He's <laughs> about uh, so got a bit of work to do in the gym. Um, but uh, yeah, look, what we sort of saw Kyle well, when he first came to, to South Adelaide, 
during your program is lock a, a, a ruck forward and um, he sort of transitioned to a, a key defender this year and we just liked the way he developed. I thought his game against um, Vic Country as a key defender was really strong. He showed some really good defensive attributes and then with his speed and agility as well, he's got those long arms. We think you know, the way that the AFL game's played now, he's got the, the athletic and uh, attributes that can sort of transition up and hopefully he's got a bit of work to do and learn a few things, but we're hopeful. And now Tom McCullum, this one interests me. He's, he's an athletic defender from Tassie. He, some say he plays a bit like Isaac Quainor and, and others say he's a little more dour. He's got that burst of speed. Um, what's your overall assessment of him? Oh, well, Tom, he's, a, he's an actual great athlete. I mean, I think our fitness staff yes, I was fairly impressed with what he was capable of doing. We saw him this year play a lot of different roles in the back line for the Tasmanian Devils in the NAB League and also in the allies in the National Championship. So he's, he's able to play on different types of players, the talls and some of the medium-sized players as well. Because he's got not, he's only one, or he's 193, or I should say only 193, 193, pretty tall for me. Mm-hmm. But um, he's got a great leap. So he's able to sort of cover those, those taller players as well. And he's got the great athletic burst once the ball hits a depth to get onto it and, and carry it out. So uh, he, was, he, he did some exciting things during the season. So, Jeff, what, what happens for you now? You've, uh, you've obviously had a busy lead-up into the draft and you've been planning for this all year. Do you, get, do you take some holidays? Do you put the feet up now? And what, 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 From a recruiter's point of view, what, what, happens, When's your what break? happens now? Yeah, do, you, do you take a bit of time off? Um, no, pretty, pretty much through January is, is the recruiter's time off. I mean, there's a few little camps that each um, state academy has. But, you know, like I'm, I'll present the the new draftees to the whole playing group on Monday. It's the first time we've got all our playing group back this week, uh, this season, I should say. So I'll do that Monday. And then the boys go up on a camp up to the Sunshine Coast, I think, the following week. So I might head up there for a couple of days um, and then basically go on holidays from there. Very lovely. Well, uh, Jeff Parker, thank you so much for joining us and filling in Port Adelaide fans on the youth coming through. It's uh, exciting times. You guys have done really well. A glut of young talent coming through at Port Adelaide. So uh, can't see you guys slowing down anytime soon. Thanks for jumping on, Jeff. No problem. So enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. Now, of course, we are here, Bryce Gibbs, for Toyota. Toyota, genuine accessories, engineered for optimum performance, working with the vehicle as an integrated system. Very good to hear from Jeff. We're hearing from uh, Hamish Ogilvie about the Crows side of things a little later in the show, so that's going to be fascinating for Crows fans. Uh, up next, though, we are going to be talking to Barat Sundarason about all things cricket. Good morning. Toyota Genuine Accessories, designed to integrate with your Toyota. This is Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Oh, yes. Good morning to you all. Saturday morning, best day of the week. Tom Lyon, Bryce Gibbs with you right now. It's a nice top of 33 degrees. Gee whiz, that's a beautiful day up ahead for you guys. And this morning, Bryce, we've got an interesting one coming up because we're talking about the biggest summer scandals uh, in football. Now, Guys are about to clock off on their Chrissy break, so we just want to give them a little heads up as to not get into too much trouble, and we've got a few learnings from from the past right here. We're, of course, totally interactive on 0427 154 166. We asked before, what are the scandals that come to your mind? And this one from Trent, off-season scandal. What about the Kurt Tippett contract breach? That was off-season. Paid outside the cap, then he waltzed off to the Swans. What a mess. 
Do you remember that? That was a mess. Yeah, that Absolutely. was. Uh... There was a bit going on behind the scenes from memory, and uh, that was. I think the Sydney Swans were doing a bit of work for a while. Totally. It surprised a lot of people, but. Uh, yeah. Well, I remember at the time we all thought he was going to request to go to Gold Coast because they were the new boys in town. And then he waltzed onto the Swans. The Swans offered up a pick, something like 21 or 22, and Adelaide people were up in arms. But look, I, I dare say that it swings and roundabouts because when Jordan Dawson came here, um, they got a little bit back their way with the pick 17. They did. And Kurt Tippett was uh, obviously had a lot of talent, but it didn't quite work out when he went to Sydney, didn't it? No. So I don't think Adelaide fans reflecting on how it all panned out in the end, they wouldn't be too upset. Yeah, particularly in that grand final um, when he didn't touch the ball. Now, off-season scandals. We have to start from the very top, Bryce, where, where our learnings are. Your friend Brendan Favola, back in 2011, poor old Fev hit a hit breaking point. He was uh, seen riding on a moped all around Brizzy in the Gold Coast and uh, charged with being a public nuisance, obstructing police during the New Year's Eve celebrations. And this is when it all turned. He was popped into rehab for a couple of months, and right after Brisbane have have, uh, recruited him for a year, so he was going to be the big white hope, he's gone into rehab for a couple of months. And from that point, they've dropped his uh, $1.8 million contract. He's been axed from the club. I'm not sure how much of that he, he got paid out. But I've got to say, this is a feel-good story, Bryce, because it's all worked out quite well for Fev. Well, it, it has now. But, uh, yeah, Fev, um, he, he, was, he, was a, he was a good man. Like, and I, I, can, I can tell from um, – I can talk from experience because I, I – got drafted to Carlton and he was one of the guys that, uh, you know, certainly put his arm around me and he, uh, he had a few things going on in, in his Mm. life. And, um, yeah, he, he wasn't, uh, wasn't too long before he was in and out of the, uh, in and out of the media circles, but, um, you're right. He's got his life back on track now. He's doing very, very amazing way. And I love his, I love when people show some vulnerability and some truthfulness and the way he's opened up about all, all those things. It's just a great story because we Australians, we love to give a second chance and see a redemption story. And Brendan Favola is definitely that. So the, the life lesson here is burn your life to the ground <laughs> and you end up getting a fab radio gig. Yeah. And, we're, and we're talking about summertime scandals and uh, he was involved in this one too. Was, yes. was Fev. And I'm going to talk about uh, the infamous booze cruise, uh, which Ironically, we had the uh, SEN Christmas party yesterday and we're on the Popeye. Yes. So now those of you just tuning in, Bryce was in fine form yesterday. We had the SEN Christmas party. It was so lovely to meet everyone there, uh, particularly Bronte, a.k.a. Morgan, if you're listening. <laughs> I was calling uh, Morgan Bronte for about six months, so it was good to clear that up yesterday. But you, Bryce, were in fantastic form. The You were sort of this alpha male football smooth man when I rolled up you kind of picked me up and cradled me in your arms and uh, triggered a few memories for you though because you were on the cruise yesterday yeah it, it certainly did and uh, <laughs> you're right it was uh, it was a good afternoon but um, yeah it just brought back some memories of, of Christmas parties uh, that, that have happened over the years and yeah. uh, the one that uh, Carlton would uh, would love to erase from their memory the the infamous booze cruise it was We'd just finished our first block of uh, of preseason, so mm. it would have been 
probably a, this time in a couple of weeks, uh, about what about fifteen years ago now, but. Uh, the, the new draftees, we've just seen the draft happen uh, during the week and uh, it was the first time that the boys had been training with us and the the young guys got partnered up with a few of the senior guys and uh, went drink for drink and uh, oh, looking boy. back, it was uh, it was p- pretty ugly. But uh, yeah, I mean, my, memory, my, my memories that I, I can remember from that day, I think uh, <laughs> Levi Casbolt, uh, he was picked up by his old man. Because he, okay. uh, he he wasn't in a good state, I think uh, Eddie Betts got locked up uh, and spent <laughs> just, a couple of hours uh, just to catch and release in a cell. <laughs> I think uh, Andrew Walker and Ryan Hallahan had a bit of a dust up in uh, in Crown Casino, and I think Ryan Hallahan might have been in his jocks at that stage. They yep, got, they got yep. a twelve month ban uh, from the casino off off the back of that. And I remember sitting in a in a meeting when we came back in early January. The club were obviously. <laughs> Not happy <laughs> with uh, some of the answers. And where did you end up that night? That happened. That that uh, that happened. Uh, yeah, I, I luckily escaped um, <laughs> getting into too much trouble. But uh, I remember the club sitting the whole playing group down, and they they said that Mars, who were a major sponsor uh, yeah. of the club at the time, I think it was upwards of over a million dollar sponsorship, that uh, they were about to pull the pin. Yeah, they were going to pull their contract off the back of our. Very poor behaviour as uh, as players, but um, yeah, it's it's that time of year where uh, footy clubs, um, not only at the highest level, but uh, all footy clubs that the 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 footy managers dread that text message uh, mm. at uh, three o'clock in the morning saying, uh, "Hey, boss, I've, uh, I'm in trouble. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Can you help me out?" Uh, we certainly don't want to hear see any of those club statement. Posts, you know, the ones where on Twitter, particularly from the Adelaide Crows, when it says those simple words, club statement, you know, it's not going to be good. Uh, this one here from Trent, Jake Carlisle goes to the Saints, white powder video comes out just before his arrival. Oh, well, they all do it. Another one for the Saints, great recruiting. They've got a great recruiting record. Do you remember that one? Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> Snapchat. I do remember that. And I mean, like... These days, the, the clubs and the players are a lot more mm. professional. They 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 yeah, don't less get white em- powder. They, they don't get <laughs> themselves into to too much trouble. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a club's worst nightmare, as you said. When that that yeah. headline comes up, you just go, "Oh, what's happened now?" Yeah. Well, let, look, let's stick with the Saints because. Also, 2011, it, was, it wasn't a great year for a few clubs when Nick Rewalt and Nicky Dowell had some nude pictures of them circulating on the internet. And it was all thanks to Kim Duffy. She's this St Kilda schoolgirl who allegedly, we say, took the photos and started sharing them online. And then she started trying to bribe uh, Ricky Nixon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Picture train. of him. Um, she really had her way with all of them figuratively. I've, I've got to say, this is one of the those situations where nobody comes out of this looking good. Like uh, every single person involved has made a meal of it. And so what ended up happening is she came out again in the media to say, oh, I was all, it was all made up and, you know, none of this happened. I was just making it up for attention. And then on the project though, when she was trying to reiterate that it's all made up and trying to get everyone out of trouble, the project are off air and in the break she starts digging a hole by saying this. 
Kim Duthie later appeared on the 7pm project to repeat her claims that she'd fabricated the story. I was thinking of myself instead of Ricky, uh, his family and everything. I think I've matured a lot. Um, During the interview, the teen also rejected her former claims that the pair had taken drugs together. But when she thought the cameras were off, she said this. You know. It's riveting TV though. You know, I can tell already that you know. But everything I just said I lied about. Yeah. <laughs> they, they would have been sinking into a hole after that. Oh, I wonder what Kim Duffy's doing these days. Well, f- funny you ask that, Bryce, because I did have a look online and she is now on OnlyFans. So she's got a, one of those accounts where you set up and uh, people pay for pictures. So she's still in the trading of pictures business, really. And she was a crypto trader, but that obviously didn't uh, end well. So the lesson here for this one, Bryce, is simply don't pose for nude photos in weird hotel rooms. And don't hang around the St Kilda Football Club. I think it's a common theme. <laughs> uh, I've got to say, they were some uh, really weird photos. Now, last one I've got to tell you about, Bryce, off-season scandals. Do you remember when uh, Campbell Brown fractured Stephen May's jaw in LA? Oh, I do remember this. <laughs> um, this was the news report at the time. Sun's hardhead Campbell Brown, toe-to-toe with teammate Stephen May, outside an LA nightclub. Keep going, mate. Let go. Moments before May <laughs> suffered a fractured jaw, allegedly thanks to Brown's fist. There's bizarre reports the fight somehow involved the presence of pop star Rihanna. Now, poor Rihanna. How does she get... Imagine Rihanna's on a night out in LA and lucky for her, she got to meet the Gold Coast Suns. So I, I, it's just hard to me to visualise what Rihanna's involvement in the background was, and I'm going to apologise ahead of time for what you're about to hear, but this is sort of how I envision uh, Campbell Brown's fight uh, with Rihanna sitting in the background went down. Yeah, so I got a bit of deja vu, a bit, a bit of Bryce Gibbs, Calvin Harris of only about twelve hours ago. <laughs> In that little boothy woothy on uh, your Instagram feed, that was uh, a sign for me that this morning was going to be a bit of a struggle. Hey, you're on Saturdays in SA. Tom Lyon, Bryce Gibbs, with you this morning, and we're here for Toyota genuine accessories engineered for optimum performance, working with the vehicle as an integrated system. Coming to you from Studio Lumo, Lumo SA, powered by Lumo. And up next, we're going to be talking to Barat Sundarason, SEN's very own star. He's going to run his rule over the West Indies game and how the summer looks ahead for Australia. Good morning. Tom Lyon and Bryce Gibbs with you right now. Top of 33 degrees. Summertime has arrived. And Bryce, I've got to say the Summer Test Series has just gotten underway in Perth. And next week they'll be here for the frivolities in Adelaide. Have, have you ever been to the Village Green? I haven't spent too much time in the village, village Green, but I'm looking forward to this year, though. Yeah, it's a, a beautiful setting. Well, right now on the line, we've got a man who, in my eyes, is becoming a media star very quickly. Uh, his style is better than yours and mine put together. He's going to set us up for the summer ahead. SEN's very own Barat Sundarason. Uh, Barat, where are you right now? 
<laughs> you a thank you so much for that introduction that's very kind of you <laughs> uh well i'm in a sunny perth sunny perth but like it's it's kind of, it's got this chilly wind this morning uh but uh, i think it's the west indians will be facing the chills really uh mm. they uh, they fought so hard they fought so hard but you know they just weren't good enough against pat cummins and uh, we you know the bite of australia eventually yeah, we saw a, a bit of grit, and it was good to see from the Windies. Uh, to begin their innings, they hung in there and they faced a, a barrage from the Australians. So that that, that grit was there. Um, how long do you reckon Australia will bat today, and do you reckon the Windies are a chance to hold on for a draw? Um, I, I, look, Australia, I mean, it's not a, no longer a question of runs. Right, they're already what, nearly 340 runs ahead. It's, it's really how much time Pat Cummins wants to give himself and his bowlers to, to bowl this, the West Indians out a second time. Um, and I, I suspect um, he wouldn't leave it too late. I think he'll give them, uh, if not five full sessions, which would mean like declaring at lunch, uh, then at least four and a major chunk of that middle, uh, middle session. Uh, it's not supposed to be a very hot day. Uh, so that kind of, uh, you know, sets it up nicely for Australia. And also the, the time of the day they finished the inning. So the bowlers would have rested up nicely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess four four and a bit sessions uh, should be enough, I guess, for Australia to run through this West Indian lineup. Um, I, like like you said, very impressive how they hung in there. Young Tej Narayan Chandapal and the captain Craig Brathwaite. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, that's the gulf in class between the two teams, right? They've done well in sessions. But they've not been uh, been able to sustain it for too long because Australia have just been too good. Brad, I'm, I'm interested to get your opinion on uh, on cricket in the West Indies in general. I mean, they've got such a, a proud history and, and once were a, a formidable force and no one wanted to come up against them, especially in Test cricket with, with some of the players that they had. And they, they just seemed to, to drop off a little bit of, of late and... We we saw obviously the Aussies in on day one put up a, a huge score and they just looked defeated. I, I'm interested to to know where do you think they're at as a, as a nation in terms of their cricket mm. and and do they need to change up a few things or what what can they be doing better to to get back to to being a great cricket nation like we we know that they have been in the past. Uh, oof, uh, I mean uh, <laughs> I think that. Unfortunately, that bus, you know that bus might have left the stop uh, a few years ago. Right? Unfortunately, uh, you know, just speaking to the likes of Ian Bishop, uh, you know, who's, who's seen it all as a player, and then unfortunately as a commentator, he's seen that decline from close up. Um, I mean, they've reached a point where uh, you know they're so far behind the eight ball when it comes to uh, Test cricket uh, that that they they struggle at times to you know put together a team that stays together. Because, uh, as we know, it, it, it's a multi, uh, like you know, multi-level issue. A, they don't have enough money to hold on to their their best players. So what happens is, uh, as soon as one of their test players uh, starts focusing on his white ball skills and gets slightly better, he or she gets picked up by you know all these other leagues around the world, uh, and then they have to go find someone else to just fit into that test team and. You know, you can look at this test team in two ways. When I, I, and, I, mm. and I've been a West Indian fan all my life. I've been fortunate to go there and cover cricket uh, many times. Uh, and when you see the test team walk out onto the field here in Perth as well, 
what I see uh, aren't like a bunch of players dedicated completely to play test cricket for West Indies. I see, unfortunately, a bunch of guys who just aren't good enough to play in uh, white ball cricket. That's not their skill. Uh, and, and I think that's the main problem here. Uh, you know, I think that that ship has sailed. Um, I, there's no point splitting up the the islands now and making them independent territories either. Um, mm. So yeah, I mean it's a long running issue which has gone on for so long um, that yeah, I mean all you can do is just reminisce about the great days. But even those days seem to be getting further and further and further in the rearview mirror. Yeah, we, we've had a few texts this morning from, from listeners uh, yearning for the old days of the of the West Indies, and I do genuinely hope that one day they can figure it out. I mean, it's a broader, I guess, conversation with most countries is getting that balance between players, you know, pissing off to go play in India and coming back home and juggling such a big schedule. I would just love to see the Windies get back up to where they used to be. Well, how, how about this? Look, Barat, we're... Bryce and I are wearing our thongs. We've clocked onto that 10-week block where Australians actually care about cricket. (laughs) Um, But we we want to become more invested in these Windies games. Who would be your pick as like an up-and-comer from the Windies? Who is their hope, you know, their next star coming through that team, do you reckon? Uh, look, there's been a, a lot of hype around uh, Shivnarayan Chandrapal's son, mm. Sage Narayan, um, you know, the gritty opener. And we saw him um, uh, give his, put his heart on the line, really, and his body on the line against the barrage of the Australian uh, Australians uh, through the second day's play. Uh, but I think the one guy to look for, and he is a future star, he's been around a while as Alzari Joseph, because you think West Indies, you still think fast bowlers, right? Fast bowling, that's what gets people excited. Um, and at 26, he seems to have really come into his own. Um, he had a lot of injury issues uh, in his early early days. And he's also become an all-format bowler. We saw him during the T20 World Cup. I was in Hobart when he was bowling at express pace. Mm. Um, it's unfortunate. He just seems a little undercooked in this test match. Uh, but watch out for him. And also because you can't forget that West Indies are back next summer. Right? Whatever, whether you like it or not, that's just how the schedule is. So they'll be back next summer. So it, it, it's not a bad idea for... Australian cricket fans or Cricket Australia to start investing a little bit in, in promoting this West Indies side uh, because before you know it, they're back and, you know, where do you go then? So we've spoken a little bit about the West Indies, but I want, I want to know about Australia now. Like, we've seen, obviously, in the World Cup in recent weeks, we've seen the uh, ODIs happen and now the, the test matches have started and, and crowds have been pretty low. Like, it's been pretty underwhelming, the, the support that, that have turned up to, to watch our, our Aussie cricketers do their thing. Uh, where, where do you see cricket in in Australia at the moment? And, I mean, the the Adelaide Test is is iconic and usually gets a good crowd. But with the, with the crowds that are turning up over the last couple of months, uh, I'm, I'm a bit worried where, where, where cricket in general sits in, in Australia. What, what are your thoughts on that, Brett? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a very, very valid question uh, because uh, ever since I moved here, I, I, you know, growing up away from Australia and India, you always had this feeling that, oh, cricket is, if not as big as it is in India, definitely not, nothing matches, but it is a really big sport once, once you know, you reach, uh, get into October. But we've seen the footy courts kind of eat into that space uh, from both directions, right? Like all footy courts. Um, and uh, now cricket seems to have like kind of shrunk into, but kind of really seems to come into prominence only during like this part of December, and and it's done by early early January, unless there is an Ashes or even with the Ashes. 
but I think it, it, it's again um, uh, cricket Australia has a responsibility to, to look at who they are catering to. I mean, they they need to be catering a lot more. I believe to the the next generation, right? Make that exciting. The BBL plays a huge role in that. Uh, to get people and kids really, really interested in, um, in in cricket. I mean, that's the grassroots, right? I still think Test cricket gets supported a lot in Australia, and I've come to know that it's because it's part of uh, the fabric of society. When uh, in Australia, once summer hits, like you said, once the thongs are on, once the <laughs> shorts are on, um, it's. Um, I mean, in some cases, as we've seen in Perth, once the uh, if you're a, a man of a certain age, if your top is off, then like you know, it is it's cricket season. <laughs> so I think um, uh, that'll never go away. And and I heard you guys mention the village green at the Adelaide Oval. Yes. I never get to go there. Do I, though I do walk past that longingly uh, on my way to the media center. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> seems to be having a great, great time. And I think that will never never go away. I mean, a lot of criticism about the crowds in Perth. Uh, but you know, also a test match starting on Wednesday is never a great idea. I expect to see a lot more people today. David Warner is out there, Manas Labushain out there, the prospect of seeing Steve Smith bat again. Uh, but it, it's not been as terrible as people have made it out to be here during during the the test. The World Cup was a worry, uh, but I think the timing of the tournament and um, yeah. it just didn't didn't work out. Statistically, I was reading the numbers for no cricket in November. Just overall, doesn't uh, stack up crowd-wise in Australia. We've got possibly a quarter or less of the numbers that we we do get from December onwards, uh, as you say, Barat. When our thongs are on, uh, things really start <laughs> to pick up here. Now, finally, look. Brett, let's call a spade a spade. You clearly have the best fashion sense in the SEN commentary <laughs> book. Box, you wear these lovely, colourful knits and your hair is very beautiful, to be honest. So where's your inspiration for your sense of style come from? Uh, look, I mean, there's just so much blandness in the media centre. Someone needs to bring totally. the colour right now. I'm just being mean. Oh, no, I mean, look, uh, it's, uh, I mean, the hair is been part of me for the last 20 years really so well more than half my life um i mean there was I mean, some of it can be attributed to um, my my days as a drummer for a heavy metal band back in mumbai we right. were really really good but like yeah there was a phase that happened and i've stuck to that aspect of me i mean the color just comes from um i think i have to credit my wife really <laughs> she <laughs> does a lot of stuff and also, I think a lot of clothes are where, here's a little confession, uh, we <laughs> yeah. end up uh, buying from the same places, so we get to share them. So, like, you know, we get, like, uh, right. two, like we, we can kill two birds with one stone. So, <laughs> nah, that, that's part of it. <laughs> okay, so wearing his wife's clothes and, uh, <clears throat> and a heavy metal band. But, Barat, what was the band called? Oh, I mean, it's embarrassing talking about it. We were called Warhead. Warhead. <laughs> Back in the day. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to have a look for that because, I, I, yeah, you come across as a rock star, mate. So um, that all makes sense. Hey, Barat, thank you so much for joining us and uh, enlightening us with your cricket knowledge. <laughs> Anytime, guys. Have a great day. Thank you so much. That was Barat Sundarace and SEO's very own rising star in the cricket space. It's a top of 33 degrees today. Very nice. We are here for Toyota. Toyota, genuine accessories engineered for optimum performance, working with the vehicle as an integrated system. Uh, Bryce Gibbs, we better get to the news. This is Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. 
Oh, yes. Top of the morning to you. Tom Lyon and Bryce Gibbs with you this morning. Very beautiful day up ahead for those of you heading along to the 533 degrees. We're here for Toyota. Toyota Genuine Accessories engineered for optimum performance, working with the vehicle as an integrated system. Bryce, I couldn't have given a stuff about soccer for the last decade, and now it's my favourite game. I love it. Well, you've come at a bad time. <laughs> we, we, like a lot of people had or gave the Socceroos no hope at this mm. World Cup. And that's fair enough. That's fine. But uh, some of us gave them a bit of hope. And now that you've jumped on board, I'm a bit worried that you've come in at the wrong time. Because we, we face uh, a nation that uh, they go pretty well at the, at the World Game. They go pretty hard, don't they? the old Argentinians. Well, the odds are beyond us, but I still still have hope. You know, there have been upsets. We upset Argentina in the late 80s, I'll remind you. So what gets me excited, though? <laughs> in the though, late 80s. Yeah. Hang on. 30 years that ago. Was, that was a while ago. <laughs> what gets me excited, though, is British commentary. Now, I've got a special gift for you right now. I went trawling around the world for the UK commentary of Matthew Leckie's goal and this is just something to behold. Piping, it's all very intricate. Dolbert losing his footing. And imagine the message has got through. And here's a break led by Lecky. He's all on his own. No help whatsoever. Matthew Lecky! <laughs> he didn't need the support. Joy! And if that You're doesn't right. get you up and about, Tom, what <laughs> Nothing. will? Nothing will. What will? I, I just that you cannot beat the passion in, in that man's voice. Um, so, yeah, I'm here for it. I'm here for the soccer for the first time in a decade. Now, we've got a special little film review for you guys. Bryce and I have been watching a bit of Chris Hemsworth, his documentary. It's called Limitless. And what he does is... He goes out into the world trying to figuring out all the scientific ways that he can improve his health and his body. And, you know, there's been new advancements and uh, he puts it to the test with, you know, even though Chris Hemsworth's in good condition. He's a specimen. He's a, yeah, he's a, a lot a... like looking in the mirror for me, really. <laughs> um, he is in peak condition, but they put it, you know, they attempt to drown him. They have him climbing up a rope to a helicopter uh, they've got him swimming through the Arctic Ocean, all in the name of health. And th- there's sort of two sides to it because there's ov- obviously the improvement of health, and but with the genetic testing comes information that some people may not want to know because having a potential disease resting on your mind in the future can be a, a burden to carry. So here's a moment when Hemsworth gets some genetic tests back. Some of the genetic testing that we did looked at a gene for a protein called ApoE. You have a very rare combination, which is you have two copies of ApoE4, a set from your mom and a set from your dad. And what does that mean exactly? That means you have an increased risk of Alzheimer's disease. How much higher? Probably somewhere between eight and 10 times higher than that of someone in the general population. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, that poses the question, Tom. Mm. If if you were to know 
what your future looked like in terms of your health and you, you could get results on where you could see yourself in 50 years' time. Mm. Would you want to know? Personally? Yeah. I w- let us know as well, 0427-154-166. Would you like to know if you're going to get something like Alzheimer's? Personally, I would like to know because then you can put in place all the mechanisms and all the technology to avoid it at at every possible turn. So, you know, apparently cold water therapy and um, simple sunlight exposure, they're, all these things are an aggregate that build up to uh, avoiding something like Alzheimer's. So I would like to know, how about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it certainly uh, makes you think about things a little bit differently after mm. watching watching this sort of documentary and oh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I would. You couldn't I, have it weigh on your mind? I, yeah, I, I think, I mean, just try to live in the moment and knowing <laughs> that, uh, knowing that, I mean, everyone's going to mm. end, everyone's okay. life's going to end at some stage. Pretty de- Yours um, almost did last I, night. I'm, yeah, I'm still feeling <laughs> like it still might end this morning, but uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't think, I don't think I'd want to know. You couldn't carry nah, it? I don't think I could live with the burden knowing when that last day might be. I, I would have to know because then you can action everything you can. The instance, yeah, I guess where you wouldn't want to know is there are some things that you can do nothing about. So I, I wouldn't want to find out if they're going to tell me something I can do nothing about because then it, it begs bigger questions. You've got to tell people about it and... And a cost of health insurance is just going to blow up your hip pocket as well. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like you'd be uh, – your life would change, I reckon, knowing, knowing those, oh. those sort of things. You, you, would, you, would, you would live your life a lot differently. A lot to carry. But, so that's uh, Limitless by Chris Hemsworth. It's a fascinating documentary. Um, give it a watch. It is really uh, some groundbreaking stuff about what the body can do as well. Hey, Bryce – up next, I've been looking forward to this all day long. We've got the man, the gem finder, Hamish Ogilvie, is going to give us his rundown on Adelaide Crows' new draftees. And I love the way he articulates these things. He did a very good take on Jake Saligo last year, and it was, um, it was fantastic. So we've got him coming up next. Good morning. Toyota Genuine Accessories, engineered for optimum performance. This is Saturdays in SA. With Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Good morning, good morning. Welcome along to your Saturday. It's uh, Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon with you today. Top of 33 degrees and looking very nice out there for those of you heading along to the 500. Uh, Bryce, we've got a new friend on board and I've got to say I love it because I've become very passionate about my lawn lately. Uh, They're called Lawn Hub. Grow the best lawn in the street with Lawn Hub and we always ask you for your tips and tricks with... uh, Growing a good lawn. And on the text line, 0427 154 154. Have you, you got one there from Frank? Well, Frank's got a, <laughs> a nice tip here. It's called Weed and Feed. And it's the real deal, apparently. Yeah. So give it a good spray as the summer begins to clear the weeds out and make your grass look luscious. And I tell you what, Panther <laughs> Park's looking luscious at the moment too. Absolutely. The, the mix of... Uh, Sun and a bit of rain, it's uh, it's in good nick. Very, very green. And so the equivalent for that with uh, Lawn Hub would be they've got products called the Money Shot, Roots and Shoots, which is like a fertiliser, and another one you'd be very familiar with, Bryce, called Premature. <laughs> <laughs> and it helps the grass last longer. So um, 
That's our Lawn Tip segment for Lawn Hub. The real lawn fanatics use Lawn Hub fertiliser. Search Lawn Hub online for outstanding lawn results. I know I'll be heading there before I get into my lawns later this morning. Right now on the line, I've been excited for this all morning, Bryce Gibbs, because we've got the Crows recruiting boss, Hamish Ogilvie, who uh, they paid the right price for Isaac Rankin, but then they've done fantastically well with their later picks in the draft as well. Uh, Good morning, Hamish. Where have we got you there? Morning, Tom. Morning, Gibbsy. I'm in Melbourne. I'm in my apartment, so I'm no help with the lawn because I don't have any grass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Haggis, great to talk to you this morning. Just uh, just off the bat, give us a, a summation of uh, what you thought. Uh, yeah, the kids that you got into the club, obviously you, you got Isaac Rankin in, got a got rid of a lot of your early picks, but uh, you, I think you've, you've traded up and uh, you've done pretty well out of this draft. Yeah, we always look at the end result, Gibbsy. So Isaac coming in through the trade period was was a great result. So therefore, you don't you don't have a first rounder, which which does inhibit you a little bit. Um, then we were able to to bring in Max through the father son with a bid from Sydney, pick seventeen, and then um, Billy Dowling was a South Australian, highly talented, high character, high level leader in the South Australian program. So we were able to trade in to get him. The boys did a great job with not a lot of draft stock to get in to get him. And then um, Hugh Bond, we thought, may have gone earlier. So he was a real bonus for us. So um, we snapped him up at pick 50. So a couple of South Australians, well, three South Australians and uh, a Horsham slash Ballarat boy. So you mentioned uh, the, the bid that come for, for Max. How do, how do you get your head around the bidding system? Because as, as people watching, like... I, even I don't even know what's going on. How do you go as a recruiter getting your head around, uh, we, we need to plan for so many different options and, and so many different scenarios. Like, how do you actually deal with it? Yeah, well, we learn a lot with a father-son in the national draft. What you do gives you get people that are way smarter than you that work the numbers and that understand it and know all the numbers. And, uh, and in the end, they work it out and tell you what to do. So... Um, yeah, there's a lot that goes on. You, you sort of think, oh, we're going to have two or three picks. There's not not heaps of scenarios here. Then by the time you work out father-son, where the bid could come, are you going to go into deficit? Because um, you never really know. It's always up to someone else where the actual bid's going to come. So there's a whole heap of planning, a lot of what-ifs. Um, but really, the, the guys that work the numbers, um, our analyst, Dean, and BK, who flew back in from America for the draft, they did a brilliant job um, and we didn't go into deficit. We thought the bid would come around that sort of mark, so we were well and truly prepared for that, but it does make it way more complicated than in your day, mate. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like every year I see more scientists um, added to the team in the recruiting department. Now, we know about Max Michelini. He he seems really versatile and um, plays on talls and smalls. One who very much interests me, I was watching his uh, videos this morning, Gibber, Billy Dowling, uh, a bit of a taller midfielder. Can you tell us, you know, a little bit more about him? What are his key traits? Well, we were really keen to add more to the midfield. You've always got to try and keep adding to your midfield. You never have too many good midfielders. So um, the fact that Billy was a bit taller, that that was a big tick for him. Um, You know, he shares his time between school footy, North Adelaide and the South Australian program. So we think there's a fair bit of upside there still to come once you get settled in one program. So... Um, he's been a really good leader, strong leader at school. The reports from his school were fantastic. Um, he was starting midfield in a pretty good South Australian midfield. So 
Um, got huge running power. Um, he's already sort of producing through the GPS some really high-level numbers. So um, he was really excited to get Bill. He's, he's smiling. I don't know if you've seen his interviews. It's like mm-hmm. he's just so wrapped to be at the club and he's going to be a great teammate. Well, we've had a lot of the, the SA talent on the show over the last couple of weeks and uh, we've we've asked them about their, their interview process and uh, <laughs> some of the weird questions that recruiters ask them, like if you had a superpower, what would it be and why and who would you choose, your mum or your dad and give us... Re- are you... Do you, in your interviews with these kids, do you throw curly questions at them, Haggis? Do you, do you try and throw them off a oh, bit? And, and, why, and why do you do that? Not too much. And particularly with these three, you didn't have to because Max we knew so well. So Max is probably, you know, every time he's in at the club, it's it's like a job interview for him. So, uh, And Billy just talked. He's a good talker, Bill. So he, uh, he basically ran the interview and told us about him. So we didn't have to throw anything curly at him. And he's such a smart kid. Um... There was no real need for that. You can work him out pretty quick. And everyone you speak to about Billy is just so complimentary about him. And Hugh was first interview was at the Combine. And then we went up home and met his parents uh, with him. And and um, uh, he's a smart kid too, leadership. I'd, I'd already spoken to his coach at Ballarat, David Loder, mm. who gave him a glowing endorsement. So he's, those boys are probably a bit too smart for me. So there's no way uh, I needed to throw anything curly at him. And so Hugh, he seems like a, a hard at it midfielder, tackles well. What, what's your summation of of Hugh? Yeah, well, he played. He was really selfless in the Victorian country team. He went and played at half back. He was probably the midfielder that put his hand up to say, "Look, I'll go and play half back for the team." When he was probably in their best sort of three or four mids, but. Um, had a really, really strong season at Ballarat with his tackling and clearances. Uh, strong body um, from the rowing a bit, I think. I think that's helped him along the way, although he missed a bit of footy in 2021 with a back injury from rowing, but he's, uh, he's all fit and well trained yesterday. So uh, big, strong kid, uh, very, very competitive. So, And we always like that. And you want that with the inside mids that can go and play second position and half forward as well. So he's mm-hmm. tackling as a feature. So him and Sam Berrigan... Hopefully, make a pretty dynamic duo on the tackling down the track. Yeah, very nice. Um, before we let you go, Haggis, looking ahead, I know it's very early to be doing this, but the 2023 draft looks to be an absolute ripper. People are saying it's uh, going to be a really good one. Have you gathered any thoughts on that group? And are you telling um, Justin Reid to uh, hold on to that first pick so that you guys can get stuck in a little bit earlier next year? Well, absolutely, and we hope the first pick's not too high, but um, yeah. there's always ways to get up. I, I agree. I think um, next year's draft looks fantastic. Some of those 17-year-old boys have already, in all states have already played really well against guys a year older, so uh, I would echo those thoughts. I think it's going to be a fantastic draft, and there's a, there's a bit of everything. Maybe not as many of the midfielders at this stage, but mm. oh, there'll always be a few that drift in and a few that drift out, but um, some, some good tools um, and some... Very good, versatile, sort of 192 centimetre tools by the look of it. So there's probably a bit of something for everyone in next year's draft. But I agree, I think it's going to be a fantastic draft. Fantastic. Uh, it's, it's a fascinating space. I always get so excited for the draft every year, Hamish. And uh, if you picked a few absolute gems, particularly the one I love most is Jake Saligo last year. We knew nothing. Uh, everyone's, who is this kid? And um, he's just come out this year and... And we've got a, f- a future winger there for, for 10 plus years. It looked pretty good in the midfield yesterday, guys. So uh, geez, when you don't see them for a while, 
if some of the boys have grown, like Zach Taylor looks like he's grown taller. Mm. Jake's put on some size. Paddy Parnell's put on some size. Um, if you, you turn your back for sort of two or three months and don't see them and they come back, they look completely different. So um, we probably got criticised at times for picking too many 180-centimetre mids. Well, Jake looked a bit taller than 180 centimetres to me yesterday and might be even a bit more than a wingman um, in time. But, yeah, we're pretty pleased with that group from last year and they're great kids. Fantastic. That's Hamish Ogilvie. Thank you so much for joining us. It's an exciting time for the Crows and uh, can't wait to see these kids in action. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it.